Well, if you'd like to sit, we can have our Bible reading. The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, and beginning at verse 14. It can be found on page 127 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Peter and the apostles witnessed to the crowd of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how they could be saved. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus, who you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all those who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. The second reading is taken from John chapter 20, beginning at verse 20. And it can be found in page in the New Testament section of the Church Bible, on page one, two, three. In this reading, we hear of Thomas's encounter with the risen Jesus and the purpose of John's gospel. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. And he said to them, well, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Rachel. Should we pray? O oh Lord Jesus, may 
your light shine through into our lives. May your love overcome any fears or doubts that we may have. And may your truth and your hope root themselves deeply into our hearts and minds. We pray once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the 20th chapter of his gospel, John actually records three specific occasions when Jesus appeared uh, with that conclusive evidence that he was not a dead body, but he was indeed a living savior. He met with Mary Magdalene on that Easter morning, and later that day, actually that evening, uh, he came and stood among 10 of his disciples, greeting them with that Hebrew blessing of shalom, Shalom, peace with, be with you. Shalom, uh, as Ian uh, mentioned to us last Sunday. Uh, shalom, that well-being in its fullest sense. Uh, life at its best. The main ingredient of, of God's grace. Then one whole week later, uh, the ten disciples were together again. This time, though, Thomas was with them. And again we read, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus came. You know, those two words, once again, which express the glorious truth of grace. The grace of God. Love on the move. Yes, love on the move towards us. Jesus came and he stood among them. And isn't that a delightful picture of who we are? Of who we are here and now? The church of Jesus Christ with the living Lord Jesus standing right here in our midst. You know, we hear the words, the Lord is here. And what do we say? Oh yes, his spirit is with us. Oh, come on, as we respond, May we always truly live by what we're saying. The Lord is here. He's with us. Well, Thomas had been absent that Easter evening. And in the following week, he'd been unable to bring himself to believe what the others were saying. He admitted, in fact, that he was going to be hard to convince and we now see him in that reading, seeking first-hand evidence for himself. You know, seeds of doubt had sprung up and they were just attacking his belief and his commitment. Poor chap, he's been labeled forever since as Doubting Thomas. Under what labels we pick up uh, as we go through life. Second-hand accounts of the other disciples' experiences weren't enough for him. He wanted to be sure for himself that it really was the Lord. He wanted the evidence that only Jesus could provide. And Jesus met him, didn't he? One-to-one -one with all that he needed. 
you know, this was indeed a time when Thomas just appeared to find faith and belief hard. Way back in, in chapter 9 of Mark's Gospel, we read, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, they, these are words that epitomize the position of many for whom faith is a struggle. It can be a struggle with areas of unbelief. And it can, for them, be an agonizing battle. It can be a matter of disposition, too. You know, was Thomas something of a gloomy pessimist for whom, oh, how can a crucified, dead and buried Jesus, how could he come, possibly become a risen living Lord? You know, I, I know that there are those like him who we meet today, who I meet today, who cannot accept that there is life after death for those who believe in Jesus. They're gloomy pessimists. They are hopeless people. And all hope gone for Thomas. And Thomas also suffered from the penalty of having isolated himself. Why hadn't he been with the other disciples the previous week? Had he been trying to work through his problems on his own? Let's all remember that Christ has promised to be with his people when two or three are gathered together in his name. And you know, we will always grow in our faith and be strengthened in our walk with Jesus when we're in the company of other believers rather than isolated in a lonely vigil. It was J.C. Ryle who wrote, how much Christians lose by not regularly attending gatherings of God's people. The very service of worship for praise and prayer from which we stayed away was the very gathering that would have cheered, established, and lifted our hearts. Yeah, and for Thomas, it appears that the cross contradicted much of what he'd seen in Jesus and what he'd expected of him. You know, back in John chapter 11, the devoted Thomas had said, oh, come on, let's also go with Jesus that we may die with him. But now, whew, the cross and the death of his Lord had swamped him with overwhelming doubt. And they'd just blotted out previous realities, including, yes, even the word and the promise of God. But doubt that is not confronted distances, it can distance, and it does distance us from our Heavenly Father. So it needs to be faced, it needs to be faced head on. And that's exactly what Thomas did. What did he say? Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Actually, the original says, I will never believe. And what Thomas then experienced must be an encouragement to all who have any doubts. You know, Jesus doesn't dismiss his doubts and agony of faith. 
He knows exactly what's been passing through Thomas's mind, and he meets him with the measure of help that he needs. You know, Jesus has seen Thomas when Thomas hasn't seen him. Jesus has heard Thomas when Thomas hasn't heard him. Jesus has believed in Thomas when Thomas hasn't believed in him. And he deals gently and patiently with his faith-struggling follower. Oh, Thomas, don't disbelieve, but believe. Believe your beliefs more than your doubts. Doubt your doubts more than your beliefs. Yes, indeed. That's what he did. And doubt is conquered. And Thomas is able to move on with that sublime confession, my Lord and my God. I don't know if you know, but over the entrance, the main doorway to St. Thomas's church here in St. Helier, we have those words over the doorway, Dominus meus et Deus meus. That great reminder of Thomas's declaration, my Lord and my God. You know, he's now convinced that Jesus has risen from the tomb and is alive. And he acknowledges the divinity he'd not seen by the wounds that he now saw. And he's now able to move forward into all his tomorrows with total confidence. You see, Thomas had articulated his doubts openly and honestly. Unless I see, I will not believe. And he sets an example to all of us to be honest and open with God. You know, yet I see something of a rebuke from Jesus to those who doubt and stubbornly refuse to believe. Have you believed because you've seen? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. And interesting and so appropriately, John follows up that remark in verses 30 to 31, and I read them with, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Yes. The written word. How true that many have come to faith by simply reading the Gospel of John. God's word is a powerful tool in building us up in our faith. And the good news in written form has lost none of its power. But the majority outside these four walls never opened its pages. But we, yes, you and I, not just up to Ian and others, it's us, we, 
we have the privilege and that responsibility of verbalizing what is written there in such a way that enables people to meet with Jesus so that they too may have life in his name. Last week when we looked at that Easter evening meeting of Jesus with his disciples, we heard Jesus saying, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Do you know there's unbroken continuity in that sentence as Jesus is referring to one simple action, the great movement of the missionary heart of our Father God, sending Jesus into the world, initially through the incarnation and subsequently through his church. It's the one mission of God in two phases, that of Jesus in his incarnate life, the second, that of Jesus in his risen life through his followers. You know, those first disciples were commissioned to carry on Christ's work and not to begin a new one. And the now doubt-freed, believing Thomas knew this and he went on to kingdom build as a faithful witness. And you know, the more I look at that, I see how we must all be challenged. Just as Jesus was sent into the world by the Father, and just as Jesus sent those early followers 2,000 years ago, so today in 2023, he sends us. We don't go with our own feeble resources, but we can go in his strength. What do we read? clothed with power from on high, gifted and equipped by the Holy Spirit. We go into the world. Maybe your world's going to be with your family. It may be amongst your neighbors. It may be with your friends. It may be with colleagues at work. It may be with total strangers. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus reminded us that we scatter the seed everywhere even in the hardest, rockiest places. We may not know the condition of the soil to which we are sent, but we go at Jesus' invitation. No, no, we don't go at his invitation. We go at Jesus' command. Go, he said, and make disciples of all nations. And remember, I am with you always. You know, Jesus has proved to us, he's proved to me, beyond all doubt as to who he is. So let's witness in the words of that prayer which we've used quite recently. Let's witness to the lost, to the least, and the broken for God's kingdom to come to our parish and island. Let's go into this coming week committed to use every opportunity, you know, to sing, well, we sing the words of this hymn that may be a reality for each one of us, to go forth and tell. God's love embraces all. He will in grace 
respond to all who call. How shall they call if they have never heard the gracious invitation of his word? Go forth and tell. O church of God, arise. Go in the strength which Christ your Lord supplies. Go till all nations his great name adore and serve him, Lord and King, forevermore. Our prayer. Amen.